This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host nurse practitioner, Mimi Secor. Nurse practitioners have been serving in all branches of the military for many decades now. Many different nurse practitioner specialties are represented in the military, and they serve around the country and the world in various capacities. With increasing demand for healthcare services within the military, nurse practitioners are meeting the need by serving in various positions, settings, specialties, and geographic locations in the United States and worldwide. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, your host, and with me today is Captain Linnea Axman, nurse practitioner in the United States Navy, stationed in San Diego, California. Today we are discussing the role of nurse practitioners in the military and focusing on Captain Axman's distinguished career in the Navy. Hello, Captain Axman. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you so much, Ms. Secor. I'm very uh, honored to be part of your show today. Well, you're very welcome. Why did you decide to join the military, in particular the Navy? Well, I decided to join the military because I was watching the world go by and I didn't feel like I was a part of it. I was already a nurse and felt like I'd done what I needed to do as a nurse, a professional nurse. And I wanted to make a difference in people's lives and in the world. I chose the Navy really for very personal reasons. It's become something of a tradition in my family to join that service. My grandfather was a fireman in the Navy in World War One on the USS Norfolk. And one of my brothers was an aviation aerographer. And just to continue the line, my son, he has continued the tradition, and he is an active-duty oceanographer with the Navy. Wow, congratulations. That's very special. Yes, it is. Thanks. What was your first assignment as a nurse practitioner in the Navy, and when was that? Well, I did come on active duty as a general duty nurse, and, and that was in 1985. And actually, the Navy very generously sent me to school to be a family nurse practitioner, So my first two assignments, I was a critical care nurse. My first assignment was in Charleston, South Carolina, at the Naval Hospital there. And then my second assignment was at the U.S. Naval Hospital in Guam. Guam, as you know, is a territory of the U.S., but it's a long, long way away, and it's a very interesting environment. From there, I was selected to go to school. I went to the University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky, I had the opportunity to uh, work with midwives in the Frontier School of Nursing. I got to do 400 hours with them. Yeah, that was very exciting. It was an absolutely wonderful experience, and I was ready to hit the ground running, as they say in the Navy, when I got to my first assignment, and it was back in Charleston as part of a very busy family practice and family medicine residency program. Did you deliver babies, too, when you were at the Frontier Nursing program? I'm just curious. I did. I delivered babies right along with the midwives under very close ah. supervision, of course, And uh, but it was an absolutely wonderful experience. What countries has your career in the Navy taken you to, and what country would you say was the most interesting? I'll tell you, it's really hard to pick a specific country, but after the first Gulf War, I worked in a refugee camp in the demilitarized zone between Iraq and Kuwait with about 20,000 refugees. That was quite interesting. Um, I was deployed to Cuba to care for Haitian refugees. I was sent on temporary assignment to a variety of countries in support of the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief. Those included Germany, Botswana, South Africa, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. I was deployed to Kuwait in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, and most recently I had the opportunity to return to Botswana to take part in an international research conference. 
That's a lot to keep track of just in terms of following you on a map. (laughs) Travel certainly is one of the advantages. Can you briefly describe your current position in the Navy as lead research administrator, project director, and family nurse practitioner at the Naval Medical Center in San Diego? I sure can. And and one of the things I want to let your listeners know is that probably like many of the civilian jobs, when you're in the Navy, you, you usually wear multiple hats. So all of those are individual positions. In my research administrator role, I assist residents and hospital staff from 19 different graduate medical education programs and a variety of community graduate nursing and allied health programs to develop ethical, fiscally, and scientifically sound, fundable research projects, and as you can imagine, a variety of topics, and it's a lot of fun. I also function as the Navy Medicine West. It's a region here in the West as the research integrity leader, and in that role, I work to ensure the ethical conduct of research throughout the region. In my role as family nurse practitioner, I've worked in a variety of settings here at the Naval Medical Center, uh, in family practice, in military medicine, in the fast-track urgent care setting, and I'm very soon to expand my practice to the infectious disease department. Are you sure you don't have another brother, Daryl, or another sister, Darlene? (laughs) Well, you know, that's kind of how it is, isn't it? (laughs) Now, you are one of the highest-ranked nurse practitioners in the military, certainly in the Navy. You've received many commendation medals, including Meritorious Service Award, Joint Commendation Medal, Navy and Marine Medal, Navy Achievement Medal. Can you share with us what you consider your top accomplishments that contributed to receiving these incredible awards? Well, thank you for pointing those out, and, you know, I'm honored to share some of those, and and I just want to make the point that often the awards we receive are due not only to our efforts, but the people that support us, so I want to give a shout-out to all my colleagues that, you know, help me achieve what I have achieved. We don't achieve it in a vacuum, but some of the things that I've done that I'm particularly proud of is I helped with a rescue operation for a downed shipmate. I served, again, we spoke about in Cuba with the Haitian refugees. I served as the officer in charge and the sole primary care provider at Camp Doha in Kuwait. One very exciting and particularly honorable role I served was when I was the special assistant to the Navy Surgeon General for Women's Health, and I was fortunate to actually represent U.S. Navy women in NATO to make sure that women deployed with our joint operative forces get the appropriate standard of care. It's certainly always an advantage to be able to ensure the prevention, care, and treatment of HIV when you're talking about orphans and vulnerable children. And I had the opportunity to do that with the President's Emergency Plan in South Africa using a variety of community approaches. So it's really tough to say which one of those, you know, I'm most (laughs) proud of. (laughs) I guess, you know, when somebody's life hangs in the balance, so, you know, maybe doing a rescue operation for me has the most poignant memory, I guess. Yes. I would say that would be true. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, and I'm speaking today with Captain Axman, nurse practitioner, about the role of nurse practitioners in the military. There's so much we non-military nurse practitioners and medical professionals don't know about what it's like to serve as a nurse practitioner or medical professional in the military. So I wondered if you would mind if I just asked you some basic questions about how nurse practitioners practice in the military. I'd love to answer those questions. 
The first is, can nurse practitioners practice independently in the military, and what is their required relationship with physicians if there is one? Yes, nurse practitioners are licensed credentialed providers, and I'm including midwives and certified registered nurse anesthetists in my answer. We enjoy a very collegial relationship with our physician counterparts, and again, we are considered licensed independent providers when appropriately licensed and certified. So, yeah, we're we're very fortunate in our relationship, and I feel a very peer-to-peer relationship with my physician colleagues. Are the nurse practitioners considered members of the medical staff, and do they have full voting privileges and rights? Yes, nurse practitioners, again, as long as they are licensed and credentialed appropriately through our our professional credentialing organization here, as long as those things are all in place, they are members of the medical staff and they enjoy full voting rights and privileges. When I say privileges, you know, within whatever their particular core privileges are for their particular specialty. So, you know, it would vary by specialty, of course. Sure. Do you have any new specialties that are being developed and launched within the military as we're seeing in the civilian world? Well, you know, that's a a wonderful question, and I would love to highlight that because we really could use, those of you out there, psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners, uh, we really could use you. We've had psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners all along, but we've recently expanded our numbers. You know, I encourage any of you that are interested to look us up for opportunities. Uh, We use family nurse practitioners, pediatric nurse practitioners, midwives, women's health nurse practitioners, and as I said, we are uh, increasing our numbers of psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners. Where are nurse practitioners assigned in the Navy in the United States and worldwide? Are there specific areas where they go and don't go? Or Well, I'll tell you, wherever our servicemen and women are, you'll probably find an active duty or reserve nurse practitioner, of course, with rare exception. We're pretty much wherever there are, as we say in the military, boots on the ground or ships afloat. We're deployed to Afghanistan, Germany, Hawaii, Haiti, the continent of Africa, Iraq, Japan, Korea, Kuwait, Micronesia, South America, and, you know, I I know I'm forgetting some. We're deployed on ships, and we make humanitarian visits to Antigua, Cambodia, Colombia, Indonesia, Timor, Nicaragua, Papua New Guinea, yeah, Panama, Vietnam. I mean, we're we're kind of everywhere. Are there certain positions that nurse practitioners can aspire to reach, such as commanding officers, executive officers in hospitals? A new term I hadn't heard before, super clinics, running super clinics. Are there any limits to what NPs can do? In my opinion, and and again, this is my personal opinion in my 25-year career, I don't know that there are any limits unless the individual places them upon themselves. Now, of course, there are those limits placed on our specialties, but not when it comes to leadership roles. We have commanding officers, which are the equivalent of chief executive officers in the civilian sector. We have executive officers, which would translate to chief operating officers, officers in charge, which would be like department heads or directors of hospitals. And the term super clinic may be slang, but I think it is used officially in some places. It's basically a facility that offers all of the advantages of an inpatient facility, except there is not an inpatient part to it. So, you know, you'd have laboratory x-ray, all of the specialties perhaps represented in an outpatient venue, but no inpatient services. 
You know what? I almost forgot a very important one since I am one. We have quite a few nurse practitioners that have obtained their PhDs and other doctoral preparation and function in research positions. So what type of research are you involved in? I have one of my own personal projects, which is actually an evidence-based practice project, so not really appropriately called research, you know, in, in the legal sense. It's actually an EBP project, which I know those of you in the civilian sector are very familiar with, evidence-based healthcare. It's called Back to Basics, and it's making sure that our essential nursing care, and of course there's nothing basic about nursing care, so I call it essential nursing care, is delivered at the bedside and in a bundled fashion. So we're looking at the outcomes related to that, specifically um, hospital and surgical infections, hospital-acquired and surgical site infections, pressure ulcers, and uh, patient satisfaction. And do you have other research interests also? I know you've done extensive research in your esteemed career. Thank you for asking that. Actually, my personal research interests, and I do have time to pursue them, are the development of culturally sound instruments to include uh, interview techniques to be used in cross-cultural environments and also to develop interventions to remove the structural barriers to access and to the delivery of care. For people that are just learning more about the military, what would you suggest in terms of folks that might be interested in nursing scholarships to advance their education and possibly looking into the service, and in particular the Navy? There definitely are a variety of programs available to individuals interested in becoming a registered nurse or, if they're already a registered nurse, a nurse practitioner. And, um, of course, one of our biggest programs includes the Navy Reserve Officer Training Corps, or you may uh, have heard it more often referred to as ROTC. And uh, we encourage listeners to visit their local Navy recruiter. If they're not able to do that, there's also a wonderful website. It's Navy, N-A-V-Y, dot com forward slash healthcare as one word, no spaces. It's got great graphics and lots of information, whether or not you want to be a doctor, nurse, PA, uh, whatever your area of health care is that you're interested in. And additionally, you can uh, get some information at 1-800-USA-NAVY. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for you spending some time with us today and sharing your experience in the Navy and helping to inspire our listeners to think about a career in the military, particularly the Navy. So thank you, Captain Axman, for coming on the show. And thank you, Ms. Secor, for having me. It's been a wonderful opportunity. Much appreciated. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.